What's going on, everybody? Welcome in. Welcome back. We are here, and you might have noticed some boxes around us. We're live on a Friday. We have a great cup gambling special to get to. Wade, what's going on today, dude? Uh, I'm excited for this one. We get Grey Cup football this weekend. Uh, a rematch of 2019 in Hamilton for the Tiger Cats. We are going to be there Sunday. Uh, you are working, but we as a CFP group will be there on Sunday. Uh, before we get there, though, we've got some lines to put down. We're putting this out for you guys the day of recording, so hopefully the lines don't move too much. How are you, Ben? How are you, Ben? I'm excited. I'm very excited. I mean, we all know how my CFL bets have been going throughout the season, so I don't know why I'm that excited. Um, but we have a huge lineup to get through today of, you know, player props, game props, tons of stuff going on. We're going to give you, you know, team totals, over-unders, our picks for the spread, lots of gambling. We are going to be gambling all day. We're going to be taking notes here. And uh, yeah, we're going to be holding ourselves accountable on this one too. We will be saying whether or not we hit these. All right. Do we want to start on the big one, the spread three and a half for Winnipeg? Connor, let's let's one dive final in. Connor's covers of uh, 2021. Who are you going with? We're gonna need a Wade's wager here on this one too. I mean, this is this is our great cup preview here. So I mean, geez, can't let you get off scot free there. Uh, <laughs> spread set at three and a half in favor of the defending Grey Cup champion Winnipeg Blue Bombers. No home team bump for the Hamilton Tiger Cats here in this one. Um, I think I with the home team bump, in all honesty. <laughs> I guess, yeah, it's only a three and a half. Winnipeg's only favored by three and a half versus like five or six. Um, I, I texted you yesterday. I was sitting on my couch like a crazy person before work, uh, re-watching the 2019 Grey Cup for like, I don't know, the 35th time. And then it was on at work twice while I was in too. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I caught it like, a good two and a half times yesterday. Um, but I, I texted you full confidence and was like, man, I don't think Hamilton loses this game twice. And then Winnipeg's defense came on the field and I was like, I backtrack this statement. Winnipeg's defense looks the exact same that it has last year. In fact, that it looks better this year than it did last year. Uh, one of undeniably one of the best de defensive units in the league this year pair it with a pretty damn good offense that can turn the ball over six times and still manage to win a game. Um, I do, I do think this one is going to be, I mean, it's the great cup. It has to be right. Like this is going to be the most hard fought game that Winnipeg is going to have to play. I do think it's going to be maybe one of the closer games that Winnipeg is going to have to play, but I still think that the way this game's going to go, the way that Winnipeg is playing in terms of just a numbers thing, in terms of, you know, the spread, I, we, we can talk about team play after if you want, but I think Winnipeg is going to win this game by four or five. I think it's going to be right around a 28 to three type game. I know they weren't playing Hamilton, but all you have to know is they turned the ball over six times. They tried to lose the game and they still ended up winning by more than a three and a half point spread. So uh, <laughs> I honestly, like if you turn the ball over six times, you could still cover a field goal win. Like that's a, that's a plus. I know we called that Saskatchewan would cover the eight points last week, but three and a half with Winnipeg, uh, the way they've played football this year is just, uh, that's, a, that's a nice number to see come up. I'm going to definitely take Winnipeg on this one too. 
it makes uh, it really really hard not to take it right like you look at this and you're like oh this could easily be like a four five six ten point game for for winnipeg depending on how it goes but i mean yeah i I'm, I, I like the three and a half. Uh, let's move to team totals now. We have Winnipeg set at 23 and a half. Hamilton set at 20 and a half. Connor, which team do you like to go over or under? Well, in this, I mean, Winnipeg set at 23 and a half. I said I like, I don't know. Can I take both of them on the over in this one? Like I said, it yeah. was going to be, I, I said it was going to be 28 to three. Yeah, I'm going to take, I'm not going to, I'm not going to nail down just one. I think I'm going to take, over on both of these team totals i think both of the teams are going to break the 20 point mark now i mean if hamilton comes in and hits me with that 20 points on the dot i'll be pretty sad <laughs> little half point cover that doesn't go my way uh the week one matchup was 19 to 6 in favor of winnipeg for those that have forgotten but this hamilton team looks so much different uh not only at the quarterback position with dane evans playing but that offensive line has worked all year long. I still think it's their biggest weakness and that's ultimately what's going to make the difference for Winnipeg. But I think that Hamilton knows their strengths, knows their weaknesses, and is going to be able to put up more of an offense performance. Whereas Winnipeg last week, they hit 21 points, but they were clunky. They hadn't played really in three weeks. If you're looking at it, um, honestly think that this team's going to rebound with a huge offensive performance. Um, and Hamilton's going to have to try and keep up. I know both defenses are great, but I think this one's going to be in the high 20s. Yeah, I was going to say, like, is there, in, in your mind, is there any way that Hamilton sneaks out with this win? Like, is Hamilton's defense good enough to do it? Can Jaguar Davis get enough pressure? Is Simone Lawrence good enough oh, it'll be, on either side? They are have they going to play perfect down. ball? I think they have to haul down Caleros, like, four-plus times and generate, like, two turnovers on the back end to have a shot. Um, just knowing how Winnipeg's pass rush uh, tees off on teams once they get a lead. Uh, Hamilton's going to have to play lights out, going for it nonstop from the start of the game. Uh, they have to play like their hair's on fire. That exact pass rush that you're talking about forced two early turnovers in this exact game two years ago in 2019, right? I mean, there was the, the ball that goes off the fingertips of Jalen Acklin, which was quick pressure by the defensive ends of of Jeffcoat and Jefferson and then you know we saw a little bit later Adam Big Hill scoop scoops a fumble up but uh talking about the start of the game what a better spot to start than this the coin toss tails set minus 110 wait hey we're not at heads or tails yet we're at who's going to win the coin toss <laughs> you're getting ahead of yourself Hamilton Winnipeg coin toss set at negative 110 Winnipeg chooses I feel like we got to give something to the home team here. But the away team gets the choice on it. So yeah. I'm going to say this no, all rests on Winnipeg your heads wins. or tails thing here. Yeah, I know. I think Winnipeg is, if they call tails, okay, whoever calls tails <laughs> is going to win this. Okay. <laughs> only, this is the only analysis that you would get at CFP. If they call tails, should we start getting the, the direction hey, of the wind and the weight of the coin itself? No, no, don't forget, don't forget my sabermetric stat of the year where my men's league team went undefeated in coin tosses this year. Okay. We know what we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> Unparalleled analysis of the coin flip brought to you by our own Wade Zanketa. Well, you have you have the tails never fails mantra, or I heard Pat McAfee say once bet with your head. 
which is a very like vulgar and rude kind of comment but at the same time it's Pat McAfee so what do you expect um but both both have their camps uh just depends what you feel on that day but tails usually usually is good all right, I'm going to go complete inverse. I'm going home team. Hamilton oh. wins. Hamilton wins the coin toss because somebody on a Winnipeg makes the horrendous decision to go with heads. Okay, fair. Uh, let's get to props now. Uh, your first one, I'll let you hammer this one. Yeah, first up, we've got to start with the quarterbacks here. Zach Coleros, quarterback, Winnipeg, Blue Bombers, obviously. I mean, I don't know why I said that. It just felt like I needed to, but everybody knows who this guy is, right? Yeah, he's probably going to be the MOP. 238 and a half is what his total is set up for the game for passing yards. Now, I live here in Eastern Ontario, as do you. We know what the weather has been like lately. We know what, what the weather is we know. going up to plus 13 tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I will believe football. that when I see it. Yeah. I'll the weather tomorrow. Don't worry. Yeah, it'll be great. Uh, weather has not been great. I mean, it's Canada. It's December. It's cold. That ball is going to get hard. I don't think that Caleros is going to hit basically 240 yards. That's what you're asking him to do here. I don't know if he's going to throw 240 yards in December in Hamilton beside the lake in the cold. Um, I, I just don't really see it at this point in the year. Not that he can't do it, but I mean, when you look at, when you look at what the Bombers offense does in general, anyways, I mean, Caleros isn't one of these guys that just fires the ball downfield all day long. I mean, it's a very, thought out methodical pick you apart type of offense um so i mean if you're looking for something to take on an over with caleros maybe look at his completions but if you're looking at his his yardage total stay under all right i'm gonna go to the other quarterback in this matchup dane evans and i'm looking at completions like you mentioned there but i'm going over he said at 16 and a half in his three starts this year he was under that once one in 2019, only one time when he started the game was he under that mark as well. He's a very high volume thrower, and with that, I think they're going to try and pick them apart. Quick game is always a great way to negate a fearsome pass rush. I expect Hamilton to go to it early, often, uh, work in some play actions to the flats, uh, just easy throws to get Dane heated up, and then watch out. Yeah, I like this one a lot. Taking the over on the completions, especially for me in this one too, because from a game perspective, when you think about what Hamilton's going to need to do to probably win this game, it's not going to be like Winnipeg where you can rely on a guy like Andrew Harris. You're going to need to put the ball in the air to win this game if you're Hamilton, I think. So let's go to one of their wide receivers. As I just said, I think they need to put the ball in the air. Um, I'm going to disagree with you on this one, but I'll let you go first. Brandon Banks, receiving yards set at 57 and a half. All right. Five of his last six games, he's been over this mark. Uh, with Dane's high completion percentage, I'm expecting him to get the ball in his hands and let's not dance around it. He hasn't been the Brandon Banks of 2019, but that still is an MOP on the field when the ball is in his hands he is electric um they tried to get him i think they had like six targets to him in the gray cup uh in 2019 so i expect them to get the ball in his hands and i mean i think he can hit 57 and a half again all it takes is one deep ball for him too like he can always pop that off at any time 
I totally like, understand. I get the reasoning here. I, you can't, everything you said about Banks being MOP, you, you can't disagree with, but he hasn't been kind of that MOP guy that you've seen this year yet in 2021. I'm going to say under in the gray cup on the receiving yards, because I'm going to counter you with this guy. I think this guy is going to steal some of the yardage. No, I think this guy is going to steal some of the yardage from Brandon banks. I am hitting the over on Tim white in this game. Tim White over under set at 53 and a half. Yes, I know you might be like, oh, that's a lot. But guess what? This is gambling, folks. This is risk taking, folks. What I've seen in the way that I've seen the Tiger Cats use Tim White throughout this season, how I've seen them use him through the playoff run as well, especially in that East final, he was getting looks, he was getting opportunities. I think that finally in this one, they have something dialed up for Tim White where, you know, maybe it is only he's got three receptions in this game for 55 yards because he's got a 45 yard bomb. But those are the type of plays that I think Hamilton, again, is going to need to look to to win this game. I think they've got something dialed up for Tim White in this one. I think Tim White's going over 53 and a half receiving yards. All right. Let's go to the other sideline because there's a monster at receiver in Kenny Lawler and his number is actually kind of similar to Banks and Tim White. He's at 58 and a half. Connor, are you agreeing with me on this one? I think he goes over in this one. Yeah, no disagreements on this one. Kenny Lawler is that dude. We saw what he did last week against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. What a catch. And those are the things that Kenny Lawler brings to this offense when he's on the field. He is the guy. Yeah, I'm saying over 58.5. He has been under that number the last three weeks, but the Bombers offense has not been put together all on the same field except for last week. But we saw how clunky they were. And with six turnovers, you don't get much of a chance to drive the ball. But I expect Kenny Lawler to return to form here on the brightest stage and remind people why he's been making those plays all year long. Uh, let's stick blue bombers here and talk run game. Let's go stand behind Zach Claros. Let's get lined up. Let's talk about Andrew Harris total rush yards set at 98 and a half. He's only hit that. He's only hit that hundred yard mark twice this season. Wade over or under in this one with Andrew Harris. As much as we like Andrew Harris and know how big of a factor he is in this Blue Bombers offense, asking for 100 yards on a prop bet is a huge number. I'm going to go under. Like you mentioned, he's only eclipsed the 100-yard marker twice this year. The Ticats were bullied by him in the Grey Cup in 2019. Don't think this team has forgot about that. Ja'Garrett Davis, Simone Lawrence, they are going to be teeing off to stop the run first. Uh, I am looking for them to focus and hone in on that. Maybe he hits the 100-yard mark in total scrimmage yardage uh, with some screen plays and some flats, and you know they'll work him into the pass game. But 100 yards straight up on the ground, I think, is a high number for him. Under 98 and a half for Andrew Harris. Yeah, I agree on this one. Under for Andrew Harris for 98 and a half on the rush yards. Now, I like what you said about total yardage. If you can manage to find that, if you can manage to get that. Nail Andrew Harris for over on his total yardage. Rush yards, I don't know. Total yardage is 112 and a half. I I would take an over on that one. Yeah, I agree. I would agree with you. I think that 
again, Winnipeg does like to work their running backs into the receiving game. And Andrew Harris is one of these guys that ball in his hand in space, no matter what, he's going to make a play. So there's going to be opportunities to get him in the screen game, get him working out on some of these kind of flat routes that we see. So let's go to the other backfield though. Don Jackson. Ooh, you like this one. I think uh, rush yards set for Don Jackson at 65 and a half. Where are you going? I do like this one. I'm going to say over Don Jackson has been getting around or over 14, 15, 16 carries a game as he's been in the, as he's been in the mix for the Ticats late last week in the East final, he was over 90. However, leading up to these games, he was at the mid, I believe he was around the mid forties against the Owls, and he was under 40 against the Riders in the last regular season game. Uh, so a little bit uh, of worrisome, there's a little bit of a worrisome trend there at the tail end, but not enough to worry me in this great cup game. When we see what Don Jackson has done as of recently, I think that's 65 and a half yard mark, you know, maybe you're flirting with it a little bit, but I think that Don Jackson is going to be given opportunity to reach the over in this one. And that's what I'm looking at is not necessarily what he's done in the past, but you know, how many carries he's gotten and what he's done with those opportunities. So I think that uh, the amount of the amount of trust that Hamilton has shown in this guy and the amount that they're giving them, the amount that they're giving him the ball is going to lend to opportunities. So yeah, I'm going to say over in this game, especially, you know, in the cold in Hamilton. And don't forget that that game against Saskatchewan, the starters did not play very long for the Ticats. So he was around that 40 yard mark with just about a half of football. So uh, definitely a good trend for the 65 and a half, Connor. I like where you're going there. So I will join you. But I've got one anytime touchdown score that I love. I absolutely love the anytime touchdowns. Uh, this one, Jeremiah Masoli plus 700. And you might be thinking, what are you thinking? Dane Evans is starting. Exactly. Dane Evans usually gets the short yardage carries, but coach Orlando Steinauer has always gone into the game with the number two quarterback handling the duties on the goal line. Dane Evans was the number two last week, so he took all the goal line carries. He just also happened to be playing quarterback during the game. I think this week, Masoli, we, start, we started to see it at the end of the game where he came in for that third down to push the game out of reach. I think he's going to handle all the short yardage duties this game including goal line snaps. So plus 700 for Jeremiah Masoli, anytime touchdown score, some of the best odds out there. McGuire on the Blue Bombers is actually closer. Uh, he's like plus 110, so I cannot go with him. He was the one I went looking for uh, in the anytime touchdown scores, but uh, that one's at Sport Interaction. They were they were ahead of the game on that one. Yeah, taking advantage of the poor folks at Sports Interaction a little bit. Jeremiah Masoli at plus 700. Um, I was a little bit shocked to see that, especially, you know, we know what what short yardage goal is like on the goal line in Canadian football. Quarterbacks. <laughs> Antonio Pipkin has made a living off of this. Antonio Pipkin is arguably still in the CFL because he's so good at running the ball on the goal line. Um, it's, such, it's such a benefit to have. Like in Canadian football, you get the extra yard. Like yeah. just use your quarterback. It's You catch the snap, you're right there under center you fall forwards with your offensive lineman and mo like 90% of the time you cross one yard. It's just, it's unstoppable. Much like that Kenny Lawler pick, man, you're not going to find me disagreeing here on this one. I, yeah, the hammer Jeremiah Masoli plus 700. I think, I actually think that Dame Evans had some, uh, 
some good odds as well. Um, like I as an anytime scorer, yeah, he's yeah. plus two twenty five. Yeah, so, so that's not bad no. value, and like as well, right? Like uh, Sean McGuire is plus one ten, so Dane at plus two twenty five. If you wanted to kind of hedge your bets with who's going to take the goal line, Can at plus two twenty five, but Jeremiah Masoli plus seven hundred is the bet of the day for me. All right, anytime touchdown scorer, I got. Two here. You you kind of rolled through all the quarterbacks, McGuire, Evans, and Masoli. Uh, I got t- I got two here for us. I got one that I'm kind of serious on, and one that I think might just be a good value dark horse. But uh, hey, I got to double down here on my guy Tim White plus one fifty anytime touchdown. I think he's gonna get a look. Like I said, I think he's got a shot dialed up for him. I think they got some interesting dialed up for Tim White. We've seen it a couple times this season. I think that they're, they're going to hit on one with Tim White here in this game. So anytime touchdown plus 150 for Tim White. Now we'll go back to the goal line because, you know, we love it down there. But let's back it up a couple yards. Let's let's pull them off out of, you know, quarterback sneak territory. Let's put them just inside the five, maybe the four of the three yard line. Who's the one guy that Hamilton likes to look to in these types of situations? Where's a blacked out visor? Maybe some Jordans. Yeah. Nikola Kalinic plus 550 anytime touchdown scorer. I like those odds. He is a red zone body. I'm not going to say he's he's a a red zone machine. I think he still needs to prove that, but he has the frame. They look to him on the goal line. And uh, I said to you recently, I just have this big appreciation and love for H-backs. I I texted you. I was like, if I could go back, if I could go back and do football all over again and play any position, I would go back and play H-back. It is a very uncelebrated position but we try to celebrate it here at cfp hopefully there will be a team celebrating the gray cap for a long time sunday night into monday tuesday maybe wednesday uh but for now that concludes our gray cup gambling special on behalf of connor and i at cf perspective at connor r o'neill at wade zank Enjoy the Great Cup. Enjoy Great Cup festivities. Stay safe if you are there. And if you're in Hamilton, swing by Merritt Brewing at noon. The CFP gang will be there. Maybe I'll try to take a long lunch. We'll see if I can swing that. Gamble responsibly, please, if you are gambling. Enjoy the games this weekend. And we'll catch you next week for a recap. We will have either a new Great Cup champion or a back-to-back champion. It's too hot in here.